Hello and welcome to another episode of Through the Turnstiles podcast as we can take an in-depth look at the lower leagues of Scottish football. I'm joined as always by Muzz, how are you? Yeah, keeping it real. Good, glad some Um Unfortunately, James can't be with us this week, so it's just myself and Muzz as we take a look back at the League 1 and League 2 fixtures from the weekend there and preview the upcoming Championship League 1 and League 2 fixtures for this weekend. As always, with the, with the show, if you could do us a massive favour if you're watching on YouTube and like this video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, that would help us massively. So I'll just give you one second to like the video. Thank you very much. Um, as usual, uh, well, what we usually do is have a kind of teaser, that we, a question that we pull from the ball bag, but um, without James's help, I think I'll toil. Uh, so we're not going to have one this week. That's postponed until... Uh, next week's episode. So, Muzz, um, there was no championship fixtures last weekend due to the Betfred Cup involvement from the kind of championship teams mainly. And there was a surprise defeat for Ayr away at Livingston, 4-0, and, uh, and an even, arguably even bigger surprise victory for Alwa against Hearts. I didn't quite expect such a, a convincing victory for Livingston, given their kind of ropey SPL form. And Ayr being just off the back of that that win against Dundee, um, um, not to mention Livingston's sort of managerial departure before the game. Although I think they were in very uh, very capable hands with David Martindale, who obviously knows the club inside out. Um, but you know the the bookies' odds were Ayr, Ayr were still quite a long price, I think, and uh, that might have caught a few people out because I think a few people might have fancied them. Uh, mm. Certainly, to give it more of a more of a game, anyway. Uh, Alawa, yeah, they what a way to kind of um, to bounce back after that midweek re- league result against Hearts, where they barely laid a glove on them, um, mm-hmm. and it's quite hard to, to when, when when you have to play a a big team back to back, it's quite hard to pick yourselves up again and and give it another shot after such a kind of convincing uh, defeat, um, and they've they've really kind of. Uh, ground that out and uh, congratulations to them really and their reward is to play the other half of Edinburgh, uh, they've got Hibs don't they and, and Dundee despite a defeat it seemed to be a much improved performance from Dundee and, and almost a, you never take a positive out of defeat but almost it looks like Dundee almost did that yeah definitely um, there's there's league uh, SPL teams that have gone east the road and got more of a kind of more of a pasting. Um, Dundee definitely kind of the mood from the camp um, seems to be kind of so, so positive after that, despite it being a defeat. Like, and it, it's kind of a it's kind of the best thing that could have happened bar winning. I know it sounds really obvious, but um, it, they certainly seem to have uh, made a good account of themselves because the danger would have been to obviously if, if they were to get done for three or four goals, it's just going to bring the club down, you know, it's going to bring that kind of doom and gloom uh, mm-hmm. cloud over them uh, even more so. And I suppose that that might almost have happened to our growth, you know, albeit they were playing Dunfermline, who unbeaten so far this season, but it's another defeat, isn't it? Uh, but on the flip side for Dunfermline, it's another good victory and, and a decent draw for them, actually, with St. Johnson in the quarter. Yeah, um, I think that kind of result against our growth was... Uh, just how I expected it to go to a tee, really. Um, just convincing um, by a by a, a few goals along the way as well. 
Um, and that set up a, quite a tasty one against St. Johnson, probably the hardest of the of the quarters to predict. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Dunfermline, the, the, it's, it's kind of a free hit because the pressure's off in the sense that, you know, given how tight the league is and how it's more of a condensed format this season, I think if they, if they get knocked out of the cup, um, then at least they can put all the resources into that that push for for promotion, getting into the SPL, which they're currently leading the charge for, and they don't have to worry about the extra strain that the, the cup's going to put on them. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as tempting as it is to, when you when you get to the quarters, you you, you see the semis and you see the final ahead of you uh, as an as an achievable goal. But I think topping the group the way they did and getting to where they are in the group is probably like. A pretty good achievement as it is already, and anything else is a is a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. And and rounding off the kind of le- lower lower league teams was Falkirk, who, as expected, were beaten by Rangers, but by no means disgraced. Like almost like you say, given that that some kind of Premiership teams will have taken heavier defeats against Hibs, the same can definitely be said for for Rangers and and Falkirk. They played well in spells. McLaughlin made a really good save, actually. Uh, Camo who it was from, but you know, Falkirk didn't do them, didn't disgrace himself, did he? No, not at all. Um and despite the fact that it was a, a changed Rangers team that you know the the strength and depth that, that, that Rangers have got, it's um, you know, rolling out J- Jermaine Defoe ah. uh, at uh, Falkirk Stadium. You know, it's 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 you know, it's a it's a credible result. Um they again like Dunfermline they'll see um, that as a, you know, the only the only downside to that is that the fans couldn't get in for mm-hmm. for, for the chance to see, um, to see them, to see them host strangers, but um, they can now kind of get on the league business because they're slugging out at the top of that table as well. I saw an interview actually, I think it was with Miller, um, but it might have been McCracken, but I think it was Miller where he'd said obviously him, himself and McCracken as young managers, they've learned a lot from that game against Rangers and players like uh, Callum Morrison as well. Like they'll they'll be picked picked up some some bits of know how from experience in that playing against Tavernier who still played Goldson etc. So like you say that that should give them a wee boost and some know how to take back to back to the league games. Um, so moving on then the championship. So like we spoke about there, there was no kind of fixtures to review but previewing um, potentially game of the day is uh, Wraith Dunfermline. Every game of the day in the championship at least then. Yeah, d- definitely for me. Um, game of the day. They both uh, both high scorers and and low conceders. Um, both getting a lot of shots on target. Um, but y- you know that only means one thing that it's going to be nil nil. It's going to verge in the side of the the low, low conceders rather than the high scorers. But I I do predict that I, I've predicted a draw. I've predicted a a low scoring draw of something like one one. Um, just due to the fact that um, Wraith, I don't think they'll change the way they're going to play. Might want to call it a wobble against the Vaness, but um, a two-nil defeat think, away up there from a newly promoted team is not—it's not the end of the world, I, is it? You know, better teams or bigger clubs will go out there and get beat this season. Certainly, yeah, exactly. Uh, the wheels have hardly come off, um, and uh, Dunfermline—the only only unbeaten side in the league and cup so far, along with Rangers, I think. I think like the both they're both so bang on form. I think Dunfermline have kind of taken over the, the the mantle of the the team who are the top talk of the league now. I think the the defeat the defeat of Hearts was a the catalyst for that 
They were almost under the radar prior to that, weren't they? Yeah, all the talk was race start, and then mm-hmm. Dunfermline suddenly um, have, have kind of the team everyone's talking about in that league. So it's two uh, two foreign teams, two exciting teams um, locking horns. It's, it's going to be, I'd just love to be there, really. Uh, it's disappointing that the fans can't be at that one. Um, for for kind of newer listeners and at risk of kind of repeating ourselves week in week out, one of the things we've touched on and that we like about Dunfermline is that Stevie Crawford seems to be adapting his, his starting eleven in terms of personnel and shape, depending on who they're playing, whether it's home, away, and and how the opposition shape up. So it'll be interesting to see does he go four four two as he's done before at Wraith and knowing that they're going to attack and almost meet fight fire with fire and and almost turn it into a basketball game very open or does he play that 4-1-4-1 with Whitaker back in the midfield and, and play tighter and maybe look to nick something? If you were, I know you've seen a, a fair bit of Wraith, if you were kind of Stevie Crawford for the day, what, which of the approaches would you be going for? I'd probably look to sit in um, against Wraith and, and hit them on the counter-attack because um, if they, they move the ball so quickly in the, in, in the front, sort of in the last third, Wraith, um, if, if you let them... If you let them play, obviously, the the chances are they're going to break you down with the amount of chances to create. Kind of take advantage of the space that the, the two sort of marauding fullbacks leave behind them. And when you've got like Don Thomas and Declan McManus and O'Hara, guys that'll guys that'll just give you like the well super quick out the blocks like that, and um, you're going to expose um, the kind of frailties of race defence. You know, Rafe aren't conceding a lot this season, but. Um, I think there are ways to kind of get at them and we mm-hmm. again without risk of repeating ourselves we've talked about the kind of the pace issues in in, in the kind of central areas of the defense so um it's there to be exploited and he, he might put Wicker in there to try and upset that diamond that that Reece play with Henry Tate Matthews all those good ball players mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting because looking at it outside of I'd argue arguably even more so than Hearts for players that go down the side of centre halves and into channels, Dunfermline have probably got the best players in the league at, at doing that. You know, like you've mentioned there, McManus O'Hara made a well, he got a mover out of it off the back of the season at Alloa last year, playing in that channel down usually between the opposition's left centre half and left back down that side. Dom Thomas, I think for me, one of the most kind of clever players in terms of movement in that league's Ryan Dow. So he's going to get into pockets down the side and try and draw centre halves out and get in behind. So um, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see because I don't think McGlynn's going to tell his fullbacks not to go, is he? So it's going to be it's going to be up to centre halves to deal with that and yeah. and and maybe the midfield to kind of latch on to Turner or uh, Murray or whoever's playing in there for Dunfermline to try and prevent them from picking those passes. Yeah, I don't think McGlynn's going to, especially at home, change. There's, he's he's got no right to um, kind of treat Dunfermline any different than any other any other team um, I think uh, he'll, he'll stick to his game plan and uh, sort of Dunfermline will have to adapt to that rather than the other way around I would imagine I don't think he'll um, don't think Wraith are going to treat Dunfermline any differently and from a Wraith perspective with our, Wraith, with our John McGlynn baseball cap on um, for them it's kind of for me the two things that stand out is one they need to stop you and Murray at set pieces uh, which not many teams have managed and also off the back of that defeat in Inverness there's not much McGlynn can change in terms of personnel is there like we've spoken about Dunfermline there can rotate and bring in the likes O'Hara does Whitaker play Murray Turner 
in Middle Park with Ray. They can maybe bring Lokatosh back in because he didn't start up in Inverness. But beyond that, they've not got the deepest squad, are they? No, that's true. Um, they'll they'll know you and Murray um, as an ex. I think Watson um, is as well, actually. Next player. Them filming, Paul Watson plays with it as well. Uh, I briefly, I think, yeah, yeah. Um, they'll, they'll know when I, you know, it's, it's difficult to stop what he's doing, which is just um, winning headers at corners. The delivery is um, the doesn't it? Yeah, of course. Um, they come in. It's just the, their job to try and to try and stop them. So, yeah, I think uh, you're right in the in the terms of kind of. Uh, the depth that um, Dunfermline have compared to Wraith, um, to, to really mix it up, Wraith have to maybe uh, reach for kind of young players or more experienced players um, than, than Dunfermline have. So, yeah. uh, about, so you, you're fans of draw. I'm going to back at Dunfermline winning this one, actually. I just think they've got enough a high score and win I'm going for against your low score and draw. So see that, like you say, as a 1-0 Wraith win. <laughs> so we can both be wrong. We've got two-thirds okay. of a chance of being right. Uh, but we'll Current form we're on. Uh, and so that moving from one derby to a half derby, I'm going to call it uh, in terms of proximity. Anyway, Dundee are broke. We touched on Dundee um, playing against Hibsor, and he made some changes, uh, McPeak, that, that looked to have had a positive impact. I think the, the goalie had a knock, which is why Jack Hamilton came back in. Um, he's got more lives than a cat, Jack Hamilton. Um, from the game against there, what which I was at, it looks as though, well, not it looks as though, he made, he made some key changes there. So he's dropped Cammy Kerr um, to the bench and he's moved Chris Elliott to right back from right midfield. He's dropped Jordan McGee and brought in Fontaine and he's brought in Apple Abbey to play off the side um, where Chris Elliott was playing. And he's also brought in Yakubiak and dropped Osman So, which Osman So was very poor for me against Air. So... Those changes looked to have made a bit of an impact, and they're starting to settle into that four-two-three-one a wee bit more, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's not happening for for Osman so at all. Um, but Yakubiak coming in and and Afalabi and seems to be in decent form, gives them kind of like options, different blend of styles up front. Um, yeah, yeah a really good signing at this level, and you kind of know what you're you're going to get in terms of reliability, really. Um, mm-hmm. Um, somebody who can who can still op- operate this level and sew up uh, sew up the the back line a bit. Um, He's good on the I, ball, Fontaine, because I felt sometimes when Foster plays in there for Dundee, they struggle. To, and Ashcroft is a good defender, I think, but he's maybe not the most comfortable in possession. So it almost felt I, like they were forcing a bit for the back when it was Foster and Ashcroft. But now with Fontaine's comfortable on the ball, isn't he? Maybe they're yeah. more playing into Adam's feet, which is going to suit Charlie Adam a lot more. Yeah, it's going to it's going to give a bit of balance in the centre half. So it's, they're going to complement each other because Ashcroft, like you say, he'll do the he'll do the kind of the kind of bread and butter work. Ah, he's aggressive, isn't he? Yeah. Aye, he'll come and attack the ball, and Fontaine can can carry it out of defence a bit and, and pick a pass more, um, and. Uh, I think, like, yeah, <laughs> it is a bit of a derby. Um, you forget how close they really are, and are both kind of maybe stepping in for for Dundee United as Dundee's main kind of a uh, kind of dar- rival, Yeah, yeah. Um, the Dundee conceded twelve is uh, it's actually four more than our both have, have conceded, but our both only scored twice um, this season, and 
why that is, it's, it's difficult to say because we've talked about the, the kind of decent strength they have throughout that squad. And um, I don't know, I don't know why they're they're lacking goals. Bobby Lynn hasn't. I think he's been in and out the starting lineup, mm-hmm. um, and he was kind of a source for quite a lot of their goals. Certainly when they won the the championship in League One, won the title in League One. Yeah. Um, and Chris Doolan, he, he can't be finished yet. Um, we're still waiting for him to kind of rediscover that form. Um, and the Doris clone as well, and Dale Hilson. Dale Hilson, yeah, who's never more been of a prolific, def- has it? But he's nah, he's more of a defensive. He's more of a kind of pressing forward. And um, Ruth went with a good reputation from uh, from Aberdeen as well. I know he's played wide a couple of times. And is is Dick Campbell? Is he changing the shape a wee bit much? A wee bit frequently? Do you think? And he's almost getting away from that four four two that's served him well for kind of a long time. Uh, I've seen yeah. he's played variations of a back three over the kind of course of the season. He's played a four-five-one against Hearts, wasn't it? Which you can maybe understand why he's done that, and it almost worked to be fair. But yeah, they maybe just need to go back to that four-four-two and get back to what what got them to where they where they are. Aye, they're they're, they're possibly Campbell's possibly trying to kind of try and fix something that that wasn't broken mm-hmm. by by. I think what he might be trying to do sometimes is, is match teams up. I, th- I I might be wrong, but I think he has experimented with a back three. And against uh, against Morton in the last league game, he's I think he's certainly gone back to or, or stuck with the, the 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 back four and and the the four four two formation that's that's kind of served them well over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think part of the part of the issue could be. Um, Although their their squad is is quite strong, a lot of the replacements are just kind of like for like. You know, if if Doolan isn't firing, you can bring on uh, Luke Donnelly. Mm-hmm. Um, you can if McKenna. It's not happening for McKenna. You can you can put Swanky on. You can put David Gold on. Um, you can change Craigan. You know, you, you've got Vertanen. I just think it sounds silly to say, but although these these are all good reliable players. Um, I don't know if the if if when you're if if they're offering offering you something different that's gonna that's gonna change mm-hmm. the game, or does he have to does he have to go and change shape to try and to try and do something to try and something get different. to get scoring again? I don't know because they're getting they're getting a, a, a only a, about a quarter of their shots on target, so that's not helping either. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you're not uh, yeah, if you're not put. And that's a surprise, like you say, given the given the players they've got. You wouldn't have you wouldn't have expected that. Yeah. Um, do you see Dundee winning that? Then is that your your prediction for them? I do, but I I don't see it being a. I, I see it being a narrow win. I've I've predicted one nil Dundee, um, just something that's going to kind of keep keep the wolves from from it pakes door for another another wee while. Um, just just because they have settled a wee bit over the over the last couple of weeks. And he's starting to settle on that shape and that that yeah. midfield three. Anderson, Adam, and uh, Byrne have started to kind of um, possibly kind of solidify them, giving them a bit of a a, a grip of games in the midfield there. And mm-hmm. uh, from that they can from that they can kind of iron out the the creases and maybe start to kind of put a, a solid run together where they'd at least make themselves a bit more difficult to beat to start off with. But um, the kind of stats are saying that Arbroath um, are going to toil to to threaten the goal again. So mm-hmm. um, 
but Dundee Dundee aren't exactly firing all cylinders as we know. So I think they'll they'll have enough to do, like I say, a narrow win. No, I agree with that. Um, so moving from a relative derby to a most definite not derby, Friday night brings Queen of the South hosting Inverness. So Queen of the South currently eighth on four points, Inverness uh, fifth, but only three ahead of them on seven. Um, how do you how do you see that one going? Uh, I think this could be a good game. Queen of the South have started to turn the corner a bit. Um, yeah, why in a draw in the last two league games? Yeah, um, and they they showed what they're about against Allo, I think, which was um, mm-hmm. kind of a a bit of a must win game. Um, certainly in this in this first quarter of the season. Um, both, a bit of grit, both they, to, to keep a clean sheet. And now, yeah, game. definitely, yeah. Um, uh, they've conceded a lot of goals, but that was I think that might have been their first clean sheet, uh, Queen of the South. They've conceded yeah, eleven goals right, up to yeah. then. Um but they've both scored the same amount of goals, both scored eight goals this season. Um but Queen of the South second in the in the shots table with fifty eight attempts at goals. Um so I think I, I predict uh I've gone for a kind of um low scoring um kind of championship in general, but I think this will be the kind of the black sheep of the, of the games with a with a three all kind of draw. Mm-hmm. I've got I think it's got something about that about it. Um Cali not to win on the road this season, but one of those games was away at Tynecastle where they, they did all right. So Yeah. Are we changing goals it, for Queen of the South as well? I think Leafield came back in for Rowan Ferguson against Allah, which is um maybe helped with that kind of clean sheet a wee change in the sticks. Buchanan scored as well as keeping the clean sheet, so that should kick him on um, a fair bit because he's not he's been inconsistent, I think it's fair to say so far. Um, and Willie Gibson played right back, which has obviously helped that maybe with experience back there. And Joe McKee, it's good to see him getting a goal. I like McKee and I think, I think you do as well, but I think we feel sometimes he doesn't play forward enough. He maybe plays a wee bit safe, so it's good to see him adding goals and Hopefully that'll kick him on a wee bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's usually more of a creator than a than a scorer, but um, it's, it is good to see him in the, in the score sheet. And um, you know, like if they've, they've got they've got guys there that like Maxwell Buchanan, Gibson, uh, Dolby, Connor Shields, like good players. Fitzpatrick um, as well. I really like Fitzpatrick. Yeah, uh, Fitzpatrick. Yep, yeah, definitely. Um, so good players, and when when they're on song, they should be they should they should be doing better than, than they are. Um, so yeah, I think this has got the makings for and we, we quite a good about, game. We spoke a bit about Robbo finally getting some players back, didn't we? And uh, obviously with the likes of kind of starting to get a bench now with Vincent Doran, uh, Todorov, etc., all being on the bench and for the last league game with cut youngsters playing uh, against Rafe. So it's good for. Good for them to get off the mark. Sutherland's back in now. Um, Miles Story's back playing. Kai Kennedy, I know he's played a lot, but he's kicking on. So, Wraith hitting a wee bit of form as well. So, like you said, it's potential. It's on the telly as well. So, it's got a chance of being a good game, though. Yeah, yeah. It's coming together a bit for Vanessa. That, that balance of experience and kind of young players is starting to... Now, like you say, they've got everyone back in. Um, they'll just be... They'll be a match for anyone on their day. So... Um, two kind of two kind of teams in a, in a, taking a positive turn recently, so 
another one I'd like to I'd like to witness for sure. I'm gonna back you as well and back you back the draw on that one as well. Um I can see Queen of South, let's say, unbeaten in the last two, um, kind of tightening the back door up a wee bit. Inverness off the bat, a good one at Wraith, give them a bit of confidence to go down there. I can see that being a, a draw. And arguably both teams would maybe take that. You know, Inverness, their longest trip of the season, keeps them again undefeated. And Queen of South, it's another point, isn't it? And it keeps them unbeaten three. And then they start to then build momentum and kind of take things from there. Um, because obviously they then go to Tynecastle. Queen of the South, so you know if they can get a good point here against Inverness, then I think they'll be happy with that. And then uh, we've also got in the championship, Muzz, the, the two teams who had the, those different results in the Betfred as Alloa uh, host Air. Alloa obviously bottom in the league with a solitary point, and Air just tucked into fourth place with eight uh, points. You know, two behind Rave, one ahead of Cali and uh, Morton, who were going to come on after this. So, how do you see that one going? Alloa obviously will be flying after that. That result against Hearts last weekend, and they are point to prove. Yeah, I'm. I'm not so sure how how much the Betfred um, results are going to affect this game. Um, Aloha still got a nine goal deficit in the in in the league. They've conceded thirteen, you know, lowest lowest attempts at goals. Uh, only team not to have a clean sheet so far, I think, in the league. So. Again, it's one of those ones where the kind of the stats don't help them. But mm-hmm. our air rattled off that four 0 defeat. I don't know. Is it a catalyst for a kind of um, a wee bit of a wobble from them? It was hard yeah. for them because when I saw them against Dundee, and by all accounts, Cammy Smith's been one of their best players this season. But obviously, he, I think he played against Brechin for Dundee United, which then ruled them out of the Livingston game being cup tied. So. Right. He was a big loss for them against Levitt. You know, he, he's one of their key men, which would have been a boost for Livingston knowing that he wasn't playing. So, obviously, with him to come back into the fold, then that'll maybe give Vera a boost, won't it? Because I think they brought in his Cameron, and, um, which meant they had to move Moffat wide, I think, where he had been playing central and was effective. Whereas, had Cammy Smith been available, he'd have played wide and Moffat through the middle. So, this will yeah. probably let them revert back to the team that played Dundee and kind of beat them. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think Moffat got his 100th goal for for Yeah, not that game. Vegan, yeah. Yeah, so I think you're right. I think they need to kind of bend the, bend the Betfred result and, and go again, pick up kind of from where they left off against Dundee. Um, they've, they've yet to win away, actually, here, but Alwa are yet to win at home. So. Yet to win. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Win at all. So, um I think I think Air will win, but Alloa will probably make it difficult. But I've gone for one 0 Air. I just think Alloa they're maybe two players away from being a, a right decent championship team. I think they're a centre yeah. half and a centre forward away from from being a right good team. You know, you look at Parry and goals is is solid. Liam Dick at left back's a right good player. Andy Graham's effective. Um, Grant and Hetherington, you know, you kind of get the ball off them in the middle of the park, and then in front of them, you've got the likes of Murray, Ennis Murray, yeah. Troughton, Colley, Shugel, yeah. and then up top, it's Buchanan and Thompson, and Grant's chopping and changing between the two of them, which kind of suggests to me he doesn't know who his favoured option through the middle is. So they're, they're two players away from, from, in my opinion, they're two players away from being a right, a right good outfit in the championship, but they're two key positions, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's two two massive positions. Um, I think like Buchanan, 
he's been a reliable striker in his day, but is is he kind of is the championship level sort of one? Especially as a lone one. striker, you know, he's up there by himself. Maybe exactly. if he's with somebody. Yeah, exactly. To to ask it's 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 asking a lot from him in the kind of twilight of his career to be the to, to be the sole focus for your for your goals. Um and Thompson's Tom- good, but he's not the most mobile, is he? He's not really gonna go in behind, but it's almost like we spoke about Blair Henderson. He, he's comfortable taking the ball in, but he's not one that's gonna go channels really or really cause defenses issues going in behind. Yeah, they're a bit blunt up there, and um, like you say, a key, it's a key position. And if you don't have, if you don't have a kind of different option, if you don't have a, um, that you, there's, you know, if you don't have a bit of pace, um, you to kind of to get a mix it up, it's. I relate it a wee bit to like Livingston. Livingston obviously lost Dykes, and it's been hard for them to replace him. O'Hara's a massive loss for Allo, isn't it? Because although he played wide at times, like you talked about, it was that pace and mobility and. He worried defenders about, you know, they're checking as he going in behind. So defences couldn't squeeze because they thought he'd drop off. They couldn't sit deep because in Alloa where the players have got to play in front of them. But with Thompson and Buchanan, defences can press right up, can't they? And kind of compress that midfield and, and stop Alloa playing in there. Yeah. And when you've got those kind of um, those creators like uh, Hedrington, Grant and mm-hmm. Troughton who can, who can unpick a defence, you, you do really need them. Um, you do, you do really need somebody that's going to to make those runs for them, um, and to make those runs into the channels and and um, kind of unlock defences where they just seem a bit kind of. They, 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 we know they're a good passing team, but when they get into that last third, it's like where's the where's the cutting edge, and mm-hmm. I, I just don't see it. And likewise, at, um, at the back. Um, there's just I think there's just a bit of a lack of Graham, like you say, is a good, uh, reliable kind of experienced centre half, and and Dick as well is a is a is a good player as you've mentioned. But I just think there's a there's a bit of lack of quality at the back and and, and a lack of cutting edge going forward, and it's it's mm, not a not good. ideal <laughs> recipe kind of thing. Schoogle's a Schoogle's another excellent player, another another kind of a player with a lot of guile, but again, um, and he's got goals in him. Um, but again, the, you look at the rest of the the bench against uh, against Hearts, for example, and you're looking at young players, and, mm-hmm. or you know, just you're looking where where they can where they can resort to that plan B. Kind of Queen of the South kind of problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and for me, like I said, that the key has been that teams can now just squeeze on top of Alwa and let the and let their mid, like, like teams midfield can go and latch on to Herrington and, and stop him playing, stop Grant playing. But I say, whereas last season they, they were reluctant to push high because they knew O'Hara was going in behind. And that jo- them dropping off then let um, Flanagan, it was last season, wasn't it? And Herrington kind of get on the ball and dictate. So I'm going to back an eight, I'm gonna back air to go there and get a result. Are you, are you feeling the same for that? Yeah, um, I've gone 1 0. Yeah. You're going specific with your predictions, I like it. Yeah, I've, um, I've thought about it. Good, I'm glad. Try to, to get back in the, back in the wagon because last couple of episodes just been a shambles uh, with the, the predictions, predictions after been, that. That's after a good that, start, aye. That good, that good start that I'll, I'll keep, keep referring back to for a while. Um, and then for the first time in 32 years, I believe, um, Morton play Hearts in a competitive fixture. Um, I'm sure that's a start. Um at Capolo, and again, keep saying it, fans in there, it would have been bouncing, wouldn't it? It would have been creaking. 
Careful. Uh, aye, the aye. It's, for this one. it's a quality stadium. I love it. It's it's so kind of it's, it's like you're stepping back in time, but in a in a in a kind of really sentimental way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you know the kind of the squad hearts would have brought down with their away the their away support. So you're right. It would have been a it would have been a, a spectacle. How do you see this one going? Obviously, Hearts need to bounce back after that Dunfermline loss a couple of weeks ago, obviously, after the Alwa loss uh, at the weekend there. You know, we've spoken about Dunfermline having a tricky game at, uh, at Wraith, so it's a heart, chance for Hearts to reclaim top spot. Morton are, are in that mid-table kind of conundrum. They're six points for the bottom and six points for the top. <laughs> so, Aye. <laughs> you know, they couldn't be any more middling, could they? So, Aye. Um, Absolutely but, no man's land. Their season could still go either way, obviously. So it's a big game for both, isn't it? Yeah, and Morton's league position is reflective of of kind of like what they've been doing on the pitch. They've they've only mm. scored four times this season. Um, so that's three average of them against under there as well. And that yeah, because um, with too, but, they, yeah. with that has come two clean sheets. Um, mm-hmm. Though, so the, the 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 they've conceded eight, but five of those those came against Wraith. So you kind of take those two games uh, out of the equation. They're not really doing anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, they, they, they've conceded the most fouls in the league. Um, three red cards. So, you know, Hearts are in for a battle. And mm. those 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 results against Infermline and, and Alloa um, couldn't be more of a reminder to Hearts that they are in a war here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Hearts under Stendhal are, are, are losing in this game. You know that. But Robbie mm-hmm. Nielsen... We know he's he's kind of. He did it last uh, season, didn't he? Yeah, well, yeah. different team, albeit, but yeah. We know he's kind of um, t- put the reins on on hard style of play a wee bit. Um, to do you to think he has? Do you think roughly so far? Do you think they're they're less attacking than they were, or do you think they're just more I structured, or what do you what do you how do you see them? I, I think they're less gung ho, and they don't. I don't think they press as as high up the pitch as, as they did under Stendhal. Do you think that's a and, positive? Um, um, I think so. Um, I think I so. Think compared to even that maybe maybe, maybe, maybe in this maybe in this league you're you'd be more inclined to have a goal because that's what Wraith do and um Hearts man for man have a better eleven than Wraith on paper. So um possibly, I just think but, even since that Dundee game they've not been as attacking, you know, the opening day of the season. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They've, they're maybe trying to tread carefully, um, or is is Nielsen just sticking to his style? Um, but they, the, 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 those results again, as I say, against Alloland and Fermland, reality checks. Um, I think they'll toil again against um, Morton. They'll make it. They'll make it just so sticky. I've actually predicted um, a nil-nil draw. Have you? That's that's bold to be fair. It's hard. It's hard. Betting against Hearts in this league in any game, but this might be one of the games, like you say, where they might be potentially can come unstuck. It's going to be a battle. Interesting to see the team Nielsen picks based on that. Does he go for Halliday and maybe Harren in centre midfield because he knows it's going to be rough and tumble in there? Does he play better to try and match the physicality of like Orsay, for example, from Morton? And does he risk like an Aismith or a Jamie Walker, you know, given their track record of injuries and things. So a lot of it I think is gonna come down to the team that he picks. I think he'll I think he'll do exactly that. I think he'll put Halliday um in there because 
you know, he knows what this kind of fixture is about. Halkett and Berra will need guys that will just um, dome it, like, mm-hmm. without complaint. Uh, I think they're going to need Naismith. They're going to need the rattiness of him. They're going to need mm-hmm. Boyce, um, you know, 100% um, pressing off the ball as well as on the ball, um, kind of making those drives at goal. And um, I think, like, they're going to need those kind of players of, of those makeup of that of that makeup, sorry, that are going to kinda um, have the know how to kinda tackle this kind of fixture because I think it's gonna be um I think it's gonna be a kind of slug fest in there. Yeah, it's gonna be I'd, I'd be keen to watch this one actually because I think Morton are, they're gonna make it as uncomfortable for Hearts as they possibly can and I think set pieces are gonna it's be all they can do. Aye, I think set pieces are gonna be huge. They've obviously the pitch is tight anyway, they've got straps long throw you look at the centre-halves, they've got McGinty, McLean, Fjortov, three kind of guys that will go and attack the ball. Um, yeah. Kyle Jacobs is decent in there as well. So I think set-pieces could be, could be a decider. I'm going to back Hearts to scrape it 2-1. Um, but I, I, can, I, can see, I can see Martin doing something. If, I'd say a lot depends on the team that, that Nielsen picks. Um, but they're all good games, aren't they? It's, it's one of those where you look at the five fixtures and you go, there's not... I wouldn't mind if I randomly assigned one of those games to go to. There's not one that I'd be disappointed to to get. Yeah, for for different reasons, you know the <laughs> mm-hmm. for the kind the of um, maybe wouldn't want to be at Capo, but aye, but, the, but for that, yeah, for the type of game that, it's going to be, uh, yeah, if, if you like a bit of gore, you might be you might be um, tempted by that one. So good. there's right right across the football and spectrum. There's right, something for everyone in the Scottish Championship, isn't there? Absolutely. Um, so that, that rounds up uh, the championship, like I said, great, great set of fixtures and uh, we'll await them with interest kicking off with uh, Queen of South against Cali Thistle. So moving into League One then, there was only three games last weekend, um, given that Falkirk were playing in the Betfred and the East Fife Clyde, I think, was called off with due to COVID. And Forfar beat Peterhead 1-0, Bobby Bart, um, Adrian Cove drew Thomas Rivera again with a goal. We're going to go into more detail than this. I'm just going to summarise it. And um, Partick kind of nicked it. Uh, well, they scored early, but they beat Montrose 1-0. Um, and I know that you've got a wee bit, a few thoughts on that Montrose-Partick game. You were there, weren't you? Yeah, I was I was, I was. was there. Um, it, was, uh, it was fairly rough and tumble, that game. Um, Partick, I've I've seen Partick the last two weeks and they've started to, they started to look settled. They started to look um, quite quite efficient. Um, I like Bannigan, Doherty. Um, Good mix, isn't it, in the middle of the park? We bit everyone with those two. Aye, there's there's the tenacity of Doherty and um, and Bannigan's kind of rangy, good good range of passing as aye. well. Um, and I was talking to a. Uh, one of our listeners, uh, Lou Sharkey, on um, on social media, um, about kind of Partick's uh, Partick's kind of current form, um, and he kind of like he's his only question is is what does Blair Lions have to kind of do to get into that Partick team? I think I've asked but, that um, on this, this a couple of times as well. Aye, but how I think have, he. Sorry, Donna, before you go on, how did they shape up? Uh, Penrith was in the middle with Bannigan and Doherty. Um, Ricky Foster left back 
Ryan Williamson right back, and it was uh, Niang and Brownlee. You were impressed with Niang the week before, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, and he's um, he's done himself proud again this week. Um, just his his strength at holding players off is is phenomenal. Um, the way he can like shepherd the ball out um, for goal kicks. I mean, even when he's even when he's face on a goal and somebody's harassing him from behind, mm-hmm. he's good at just he he can play himself out of situations just using his strength. There's nothing um, better. I remember seeing Marvin Andrews when he was playing for Livingston. He started shepherding out about 30 yards for the byline and his boys uh, hanging off the back of him. And it was just, uh, if a defender can do that, you say it, it's, it helps, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And he can do it and he can turn his way out. He can keep the ball and turn his way. I suppose as a midfielder, he'll be comfortable. Just, just shake. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a midfielder, naturally, I think. Mm-hmm. He was actually on loan at Montrose last season and they played him in that one, I think, of the right. 4-1-4-1 formation a few oh, times. Did they? Right, right. But, so um, was it when Cardell and Murray off a side and Graham through the middle? Yeah, um, that's the question. You know, Lions you could you could imagine could could step in, but Joe Cardell for me has been been excellent the last two games. Mm-hmm. He, he's just so tricky, and he's like the one guy that looks like he's kind of like the real kind of creative guy that's good pulling the strings. That's he's 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 coming down that right hand side and he's taking on taking on the left back, and he was turning Pat Slattery inside out. Um, the weekend before that, he's uh, got a good link with Williamson. Aye, true. Williamson can go past him as well, and um, there's a bit of a bit of chemistry there. So of the two, I would, I would, I would have thought Murray would be the one that would give way um, to to Lions, but you know they've only got four or five players on the bench each week at the moment, Parrick. So mm-hmm. he's he, McCall's not making many changes. He's he's bringing on um, Shea the last couple of. Of games, I think that's the only sub they've made. Ah, the last, Gordon, I yeah. Last last uh, two two As two Kudirisa games. So. And, and Rodden must both still be injured then. They they must be yeah yeah. Um, Murray Murray scored against Morton, but it was really you know, I could have probably put that one away. It was uh, it was just a a flick on from a corner and it's dropped right in front of him in the six yard box and uh, Fleming's been un- really unlucky. Um, he's showed good reactions, but he just. He, it's fallen straight back to Murray and he's he's bundled yeah. it away. But I think like of the two, Cardell offers a, a lot more. Um, so, um, How but did Montrose yeah. shape up? Because Cochrane was on the bench, wasn't it? Did he have a knock or was he just... I don't, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Cochrane came on the second half. I want to chat about Mockery, uh, the boy Mockery alone for Dundee United. How, sorry, how did uh, they shape up and did he do anything to know? They shaped up 4-2-3-1, um, but... Paul Watson was sitting a lot deeper um, of that too, and um, Cammy, the other Cammy Valentine from St John, the uh, formerly St Johnston. Aye, um, two, is there two Cammy Valentines and that's starting eleven, isn't it? Aye, aye. there's <laughs> Cammy Valentine at right back and there's Cammy F Valentine. <laughs> um, I've uh, that's caught me out in a match report once where I've I've, um, I've been convinced that they've they've got that wrong on the team sheet and I've put somebody else in for Cammy F Valentine, but. Um, it's 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 true, um, and he he Watson sat deeper and and Ballantyne did kind of a lot of the a lot of pressing. In fact, he was, to be honest, in the first half he was he was chasing shadows a bit, um, but he he actually got man of the match when they, they changed a four one four one second half and and that allowed him to get forward and from there he was kind of one of Montrose's driving forces. They gave it a go the second half, but they. They're, they're so was it, was it Webster of, off the right and Millen off the left and Mockery in behind McLean? It was, was Mo- 
Mockery off the left and Milner behind McLean Milner, and yeah. Webster on the right. But Webster was coming right over to the left wing to get like everything was going up the left with Steves and Mockery. Mm-hmm. Webster was coming right over to the left hand side to get involved um, in the build up, and it kind of like it overshadowed Milne and Milne didn't really mm-hmm. he didn't really impact the game because Webster was coming over to kind of to kind of get involved. So um, McLean was he's he's I think he's improved as a player. When I saw him last year, he was a bit raw. He was a bit kind of, mm-hmm. kind of lanky, and he just didn't have. He was I think a bit he's filled kinda, out a wee bit, hasn't he? Yeah, he's filled out a wee bit. He's um, he prefers to bring the ball down and 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 try and link up play rather than he looked okay in the air, but he was opting to just kind of lean in and, mm-hmm. and maybe kind of buy fouls a bit, kind of in the in the Blair Henderson kind of mould, spin off and get in the box and. Steves and Mockery were just looking to hit him with crosses, and he had a he had a couple of attempts at goal, but Partick did their job, but it, they they had to they were given a real battle. Montrose were niggly, a lot of fouls. There was a, there was a few kind of there was a few kind of like moments where it was going to boil over a bit. Um, so we like to see. It's a good it's good for McCall to know that Partick can win like that because that would have been one of the concerns, isn't it? Is Coming down, can they, if when they go to places like Metro's, can they match them and can they stand up when the game starts to get that wee niggly way? So while there's something to be said for for convincing two, three, four nil wins, there's also on the flip side, there's also something to be said for for grinding out a game when it when it goes that way. Definitely, yeah. McCall said himself after the game to just to not underestimate the the importance of that win and and how they did it. And I think I think it's. I think what he's meaning is for exactly the reason that you said. I think that's um, he'll is he'll probably be as delighted with that win um, as he has at any point of this season so far because it's it's told him a lot of the mm-hmm. things he wanted to know as well. How was Cochrane when he came up? He was okay. He didn't have enough time to really to really impact the game, but he he went and sat in that one behind it came in a straight swap for Watson and that one yeah. behind the midfield four and uh, looked to kind of he looked quite dynamic and looked to looked to kind of like play the ball a bit quicker than than, than Watson was a bit shorter um, Watson was kind of he was just kind of helping the ball on first time quite a lot mm-hmm. or um, if he had a chance he would try and you know a good long ball from deep, maybe a defence splitter, because Webster was making these runs like right yeah. across the back four into the into, into the channels and stuff like that. So Webster was trying to catch catch him from deep, but um, yeah, it's a I don't I don't know why Cochrane didn't start because um, you'd think he's a shoe in every week because mm-hmm. it's such such a real kind of a real scoop for them that signing. But it's possible possible he's had a knock. I don't know, but mm-hmm. so. Um... Partick obviously played Dumbarton this weekend and Montrose are away at Cove. Um, I don't know which one you want to speak about first. We'll take them in the way that I said them there. Partick at home to Dumbarton. Obviously, Dumbarton didn't play the weekend there. They'd played Falkirk in the midweek uh, and got beaten. So, you've got to fancy Partick, don't you? Yeah, I do. Having, again, haven't seen them in the last couple of weeks. Um, I've been kind of... Just, just kind of impressed with how they've they've gone about their business. Quite not setting the world alight, but um, they look like they've got a, a well settled team. Um, pro- you know, that's come about due to probably a bit of injury problems. Oh, um, it's maybe helped them. Kind of maybe helped them. Out. It has. Um, I think they'll. 
the Barton have only scored four goals, but three clean sheets along with that. It's kind of, they're kind of in a similar boat to Martin where they're they're, mm-hmm. they're making life very difficult. They're playing to their strengths. Um, teams teams struggle to break them Barton down, actually. Um, but I think Partick, if they can mix it like that against Montrose, they don't have to worry about um, the physical side of the, the game that Dumbarton are going to present mm-hmm. them. Um, and I just see Partick continuing to kind of chug along now and they'll get another... I've gone for a 2-0 two-nil home win. Um, I think they'll... Um, they just uh, Certainly at the, at the back, they looked like... Foster did show his experience against Montrose, um, and Niang looks a real kind of, um, I think Senna they call him. It looks like a he looks like a real find in that mm-hmm. he's always been on their books, but he's just he's now, now he's kind of starting to excel at centre half. Players sometimes um, fall into those them, roles, don't they? Yeah, yeah, he's going to make them more difficult to beat because he can read the game so quickly. He can he can time his headers to perfection. He can. He can defend and keep the ball on the ground and play Who his way out of trouble. So it's aware, isn't it? It's aware that we're probably getting there. Tam aware, yeah. yeah. Um, and you've also got Penrith who can one. play probably he can play across the back really if he has to, you know. Yeah, he's decent Penrith, I like him. Um, yeah, yeah. And Montrose, like I said there, they travel to Cove, uh, who drew one each with Airdrie. That draw probably is one that that Airdrie one Cove one is probably one where you know both managers shake hands at the end and they're almost happy with the, the point of appreciating. Yeah, it seemed to be very much a, a game of two halves. However, you know Hartley says they they deserve to take something. Airdrie hit the post twice, I think, in the second half, Aye, um, and, and were denied yeah. a denied a wee penalty shout. So. You could you could equally argue the case for Airdrie that they were unlucky not to not to win that, but I think both will be happy to kind of get away without a defeat. Probably, you know. It was one um, of them. I think Airdrie had nine shots, Cove had ten. Airdrie had forty-eight percent possession or something. Cove had fifty-two. So, you know, uh, five corners to seven corners. It's one of them, isn't it? Well, you know, both managers draw. will probably say we maybe could have nicked it, but. At the yeah. end of the day, I don't think behind closed doors, I think personally they'll both be relatively happy with it. I, I tend to agree with you, yeah. Um, Montrose have been, they have been high scorers as we know, but they've, they've not managed to keep clean sh- a clean sheet. Um, whereas Cove have, have kind of, they've mm-hmm. got the, a real they've good They've only conceded three and six, haven't they? Aye, yeah. They've managed three, three clean sheets. Um, they and might the games they've conceded, they've point. only conceded one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, they might they might dip at some point. They might um, they might have a a kind of a period in, in in the season, kind of maybe midway through, where they they start to to to. There's no real signs of it, but mm-hmm. um, team, teams who have just come up, they're kind of maybe riding the crest of a wave a wee bit, and then mm-hmm. reality kicks in, and their their squad gets a wee bit kind of stretched, but. Um, I've said it before. Clinical, I think that you know. top four are, are now up and away. Personally, I, I think that's that's your top four now. Falkirk fourteen, Cove thirteen, Airdrie Partick ten, then Montrose on seven. You know, by they're, they're by no yeah. means out of it, but for me, that's <laughs> that top four off and running. Especially if Cove could, can beat Montrose at the weekend. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you, you could be right, and and that will probably help uh, cons- consolidate that four um, definitely if Montrose can't get and none of those top think... four play each other 
So they've all got relatively winnable games, which we're going to come on to. Falkirk, Peterhead, Cove, Montrose, Partick, Dumbarton, and, and Airdrie play East Fife. So if the four of them win those games... Yeah, they pull away that, that mm-hmm. bit more. Um, absolutely. Um, I expect Cove to, to beat Montrose. Um, they're quite clinical. 32 out of 66 shots on target. When you think about it, what happens in the yeah. game, that's that's quite, that's, that's sort of 50%. That's yeah, quite, um, yeah. it's it's really quite clinical, you know, they, they're they doing the business in the in the last third. So, um, as much, as many as Montrose are scoring as well, they're, they're kind of, Two and throwing Montrose, and I think I think Cove will uh, Cove will, will have too much for them. I think I, I agree. Two 0 I've gone. I'm back in Cove as well. Montrose have conceded the most in the league, um, and Cove have conceded the least in the league. Now I know games not played in statistics, but that would suggest to me that Cove will score, uh, and Montrose might not. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm kind of with you. I, I can see Cove Cove winning that one. Um, and then I spoke about it there. Uh, Falkirk, off the back of that Rangers game, they host Peterhead. Yeah. Um, and um, as, I, as I said, sorry, Falkirk top 14. Um, Peterhead are sitting kind of sixth or seventh, I think. I think they've got six points. So they're two adrift to the two clear, sorry, of bottom. Um, but the form, the form in the last five, I looked at it earlier today. They've lost, they've won, they've lost, they've won, they've lost. In their last yeah. few games, so uh, who knows? What, what are you thinking? Yeah, they're they, they've given a they've given a quite a good account of themselves, Peterhead. But they've they're they're a bit foully, you know. They've eighty six fouls. They've they've had fourteen yellows. It's their head and shoulders above the rest for. That was a bad for, um, loss for them, wasn't it, on Saturday against four for at home? Aye, they would have they would have fancied that. I mean, they've. <laughs> It's it, it doesn't really make it's a, it'll be a really frustrating one because it's it's not been ref, you know reflective of some of their performances they've mm-hmm. had this season and four for with their their form but I I, I kind of four for I've seen four for a couple it? of times and and, and they've I thought they they're, they're too kind of dogged and, and hard work working to not pick up something somewhere along the line of I was, I was expecting them to 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 start you know. Mm-hmm. To start picking up points, um, but Peter Head have been equally; they've been kind of playing in that fashion as well. Um, He's not here, so give him the credit. James actually was the, the only one that predicted a four-four-one. <laughs> so, given, uh, given, given, given that he's not here, we'll, we'll mention it. Yeah, yeah, fair play. He also backed um, Montrose to be fair, which he was wrong with. So. Yeah. So what what he's, what he based that Peter Head show on? We'll get him to explain <laughs> in further detail, but. Um, um, so yeah, Falkirk in good form um, and scoring yeah. goals, and it's going to be hard for Peterhead, isn't it? Yeah, they're Falkirk scoring goals. They're they're um, again I'm drumming on about stats a bit this this episode, but they are um, also they're even even more accurate than than Cove are um, with their shots and target ratio. Um, but they keep it tight at the back door too, and they've only I think they've only let four in, um, and they're they've been kind of. That four four two and it's mm-hmm. it's also Damn it's almost um, Max, it's, 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 it's almost a it's almost a four two four when they're really kind of when they're in possession and they're and they're mm-hmm. pressing high up on the back line. We um, talked about Sam, Sam, Salmon's uh, come back. Aye, Salmon's come back in. Keener's uh, injured, I think, isn't it? So uh, yeah, Keener's injured. injured. So that's why he's, he's got, got his chance. I think. 
they've got Dowds and, and Francis looks quite quite handy mm-hmm. as well. So they've just they've got, maybe just gone more physical with with Salmon and uh, Dowds, haven't they, rather than Francis? But Francis had started all right, a couple of goals. Yeah, a couple of goals, and he's pacey and he's he's he can hold himself, take mm-hmm. care of himself as well. Um, and they've kind of gone for Miller at the centre half alongside. Um, well, in for Dernan uh, more yeah. recently, but, but they do kind of have for a lot of positions. They do have two good players for the, for yeah. some of those positions. And yeah, boys like Charlie Telfer and Josh Todd, Aidan Connolly. You know, they're not Aye. even starting games, are they? Yeah, and um, I think they're playing for for Lee Miller. They've bought into his kind of. Mm. He seems like he seems like uh, he's got a really good balance of kind of like man management, um, a bit of tactical noose, and um, he's kind of. He's got a real kind of fresh approach, a real positive approach to, to his management style, I think. I saw they've uh, already extended Cal Morrison's contract by another year. I think it was last uh, week or the week before. They've given the, you know, so they're tying him up. They're not daft with that. Yeah. Uh, it's better business but, um Miller's certainly um, kind of lifted the cloud a bit from the, mm-hmm. the McKinnon era because it was quite a negative place, the Falkirk Stadium last season. Um, but... Um, Fair play to them. I, I think they'll they'll beat Peterhead convincingly, three 0 yeah. sort of ballpark. Yeah. I to suggest I, otherwise. No, I agree with that. I think Peterhead will make it stuffy, but Falkirk went to Dumbarton, didn't they? Like I say, last midweek, and they kind of scored at the right times. You know, I think Dumbarton made it stuffy, but I think Falkirk scored after something like fifteen minutes. Then the next one after kind of half an hour, then kind of tied things up late on my third. So, without stealing your thunder, I would three 0 maybe with a bit similar times. Of the goals there, so yeah. Um, so that then leaves uh, Clyde against Forfa and East Fife hosting Airdrie. Airdrie with that good one-one draw at home to Cove in East Fife's game, as we spoke about, was off. So uh, East Fife must be dormant for a couple of weeks, whereas Airdrie, good wee bit of form league-wise, uh, especially with Robert uh, kind of kicking on now and becoming a, a kind of focal point for them. Aye, Tam Rab is they're, they're calling him. Um... Fast becoming a bit of a cult hero, I think the the club have uh, kind of uh, released a special t-shirt um, with his effigy uh, on it, oh, just in time for Christmas. I don't know if they're jumping the gun a wee bit with that, but he's certainly um, it's he's certainly kind of um, thriving in his his role as kind of the main showstopper for the, the club right mm-hmm. now, and he's he's. Um, He's clearly enjoying his football. He's not just tapping them in. He's he's uh, flashing them in, or uh, you know, weaving in and out of defences and coming home from from the edge of the box. So he's certainly it's just a it's a shame. Like um, the manager said that just the fans can't be in to see Airdrie right now. The, the way they're playing and they're playing great football, aren't they? I think. I don't think you can overestimate the influence that uh, Mackay and Kerr have got just in terms of, like, of sitting in and just letting the, the, the good, not the good players, they're the bad players, but letting the you know, ball players play, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, they sit and do so much uh, work in front of a, an already miserly defence um, mm-hmm. to allow those those um, creative players that are, they've got going forward to kind of do their thing. So, um, yeah, we talked about the kind of the good... Uh, the, the good balance here do you have in that that team um and uh robert like really is kind of the the main man at the moment and uh 
you, you can't leave him out. He's keeping Thompson out of the team, but you, you can't possibly kind of leave him out in this form because he's he's scoring every week at the moment. Um, and and for all for all we've said, Falkirk have got depth. You know, you look at and which they do, obviously. But you look at Airdrie and O'Reilly, Connell, Thompson, as you spoke about Stokes. You know, they can make changes as well, can they? That the influence games positive going forward. Yeah, and, and they've still got Ali Roy to, to come Ali back Roy, yeah. from um, injury, who was flying pre-season, really. <laughs> um, he started sharp. I was at the game he got injured, and he'd started, albeit it was only kind of 15, 20 minutes in, but he'd started sharp in that game as well. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of like, I think he is a confidence player, and he was kind of um, really riding the, the crest of a wave. I think that's the mm-hmm. second time I've said that tonight, but he um, he is... Uh, he, he was he was flying and he'll be chomping at the bit to come back when he sees the kind of the way you are playing oh, and the, the service, chances man. the service exactly the chances they're they're creating and um, Scott Walker coming in at, at left back for for, for mm-hmm. Leon McCann there as well um, seemed to have given a decent account of himself because it's a difficult game to go into um, straight uh-huh. straight into kind of like what are looking like one of the the, the playoff rivals if not kind of title contenders. So yeah, um, and East East Five's last game was was the twenty first of November, <laughs> and obviously it'll be the fifth of December by the time they play. So as we spoke about a wee break for them there, the last game obviously was that two 0 defeat away at Partick, where I think we actually spoke about it, wasn't it? Uh, I think you, you were there, weren't you? And, and we kind of spoke about their shape was almost Jack Hamilton was kind of isolated in terms of. Uh, playing up front by himself, Smith maybe slightly slow to support and maybe lacking a wee bit of, of legs from midfield to get up and up and around Hamilton. So it'll be interesting to see how he's five kind of shape up at home here based on, on their last uh, outing. Yeah, that break has not only given the players a, a reprieve, but it's um, given uh, Darren Young a, a chance to kind of like dust themselves down a bit and, and have a mm-hmm. good think about, you know, why they've where they've gone wrong so far this the early stages of the season because nobody predicted them to be down there because yeah. um you know they've they've not lost a lot of players they lost Dowds but they've you know Hamilton, look at Hamilton coming in and it's kind of a light for light replacement it's they've done really well with that wee bit of recruitment to to not leave that big gap up front um, missing Ryan Wallace but you know. <laughs> They've they've only had ten shots on target and and watching that part of Thistle game you you can see why because um, for those reasons you've stated the just how Jack Hamilton is a kind of hold up striker and he was having to wait a long time for that team to get up and support him and then if play got turned over um, they had to try and get back and they just didn't look like they had any legs and they didn't look like they had any. Um, drive going forward and any creativity in the in the final kind of end of that pitch you know you talk mm-hmm. about cutting it cutting edge and there was there was just nothing there really you know against Partick you could say it was an off day but the the results I think at home they're a slightly different animal but um the the, the results have kind of uh, not really given um there's not too many positives to take from his five seasons so far. Mm-hmm. Five um, points, second bottom, like you say. I don't think anyone. So, uh, sorry, bottom aren't they? And four. Yeah, sorry, it's bottom. four for their second bottom, isn't it? Uh, bottom and four minus five goal difference. So, like you say, they need to get need to get up and running. But I don't think this will be be the weekend to do it. I think the form here you're in. I think I'm back in energy to go there and get a result. Uh, yeah, you agree with that? 
Yeah, I can't see anything past um, Airdrie going and, and scoring scoring a few goals. Um, I think they'll just they'll stretch these five. Um, there's there's too much movement. There's too much pace up front right now, and um, these five look kind of static and and kind of stuffy and um, like they're they're kind of um, they're, they're getting overrun by teams. Um, and if Airdrie play three in the middle again against Partick, they looked really kind of they had to change their shape to get another man in yeah, there actually that, yeah. because they were just getting overrun. So. I don't know how they're going to approach it, um, but I, I I don't think um, now's the time for them to kind of now's going to be the time for them to 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 kind of turn a corner. I think Airdrie are, are going to come at them, and um, I think they'll 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 sort of do them for. I've predicted. I've gone I've, specifically again. I've gone. I've gone actually four one. I've gone for a, a bit of a, a scalping. Yeah, I, 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 I think you're right. I think. For for me, for East Fife, it's getting through this game. Um, you know, obviously trying to get a result, but but if not, it's then not panicking because I think their next three they play, they play Peterhead, they play Forfar, and they play Dumbarton. So they, those are three massive games for them. So you yeah. want to win every game, and by all means, will be positive against Deirdre. But I think for them, a defeat is not the end of the world. Give it, if they can then bounce back and and like I say, Peterhead, Forfar, and Dumbarton are three. Three massive games for them, um, and talking of, talking of massive games, the the kind of last one is uh, Clyde are at home to Forfar. Clyde uh, third bottom, albeit with a game in hand. Again, well they don't because a game in hand is five. So Clyde uh, third bottom, Forfar second bottom. Um, but like like we said a wee bit ago, there good win for Forfar away at Peterhead. Um, and what do you what do you think? Do you fancy them at, at Broadwood, or do you think Clyde can get us other? Um, I, I I tend to I tend to fancy Forfar. They're both coming off the back of of good wins, as you say in the league. Um, Clyde have had Forfer, that. Clyde, Clyde have had that um, extra bit of reprieve, a bit of time off um, to kind mm-hmm. of to kind of regroup. Um, they they don't they they're not a physical team. Clyde don't and Forfar are. Um, Clyde, I think they've given away the least fouls in the league, um, and I think that's partly due to the fact they they, they do like to play football. They toyed with a back three, they, haven't they? But it looked like they went back to a four against um, Montrose. I think they were they were three the week before, maybe. And but he's, he's like I say he's, he's then gone back to a four. So uh, against Montrose, what what good well he got that hat trick. I I mean once again it's the defence that's been the the issue for Clyde. So I think Lennon I don't know if he's still experimenting with not only personnel but but mm-hmm. the, kind of the way they the way they defend as well and the shape they defend in, um, which because is a bit magnificent concerning the bench when he's against how he's coming is he? Uh, Howie and Shields I think played left back with Romsby yeah. and Lang probably. Yeah. So. Which is it's a bit worrying when you're when you're chopping and changing your defence when you've had sort of all that ex- extended preseason to to kind of try and address that you you, mm-hmm. you do wonder, but um, they're, and they're yet to win at home Clyde as well, um, but I think I think Forfar will, will be more buoyant from that that win they got up here head, and that was a massive win now. Aye, and if if they if they can go up here head and win. It sounds simplistic to say, but I think they can go to they can go to Clyde and win. Um, 
I see Goodwillie scoring against that four for defence, so because um, to Aye. be fair, I have to credit that backline because it's still a very makeshift defence. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at the fact of if, when when Travis White and, and Anderson come back in, still out, aren't they? Do we know when they're back? No. Um, I don't know. I think White's are, are going to be a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis, I don't know anything about too much about the Travis injury. Anderson as well. I think he's, um, I think he's a wee bit off as well. But you know that changes the the team completely. Oh, uh, coming back in, um, and I, I think Forfar might might start to climb a wee bit. Um, you know they're doing they're doing okay. They're kind of mid table in the kind of goals, kind of shots, kind of. Yeah, the kind, kind of areas they, uh, and stuff like that, and I think the the their position kind of slightly slightly uh, belies the way they've been playing, slightly. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think um, I, I I fancy them against Clyde. Aye, they've only scored four, haven't they? That's the issue. Well, shipping ten, but I fancy Clyde actually. Uh, yeah, since, since, albeit they've only scored four, but I, since I Baird, since Baird and Hilson left, four for of. of been missing something a bit up front. Uh, I thought Shepard and Doris would have been more effective, to be honest, for them. Although I saw Doris wasn't even on the bench on Saturday for them, so I wonder if he's got a wee knock. I think it was Allen and probably Shepard, I think, were the, the front two against Peterhead. Um, I don't think Shepard even started against Peterhead. Um, no, he did. He, I'm sure he did. I sure he, he did. Aye. Uh, um, but I, I, I back, I'm back in Clyde actually in that one. Um, so we shall see. And that takes us on to League Two then. So, um, results-wise, I think the biggest game of the day was at um, Hamden, where Queen's Park beat Stenny uh, 3-1. I was there. Um, I think if you take it <clears throat> as, a, as 11 v 11 um, for the first hour, I think it was a very, well, in my opinion, it was a very tight game. Um, Stenny got their goal. Um through Biabi, I think it was after about 10, 12 minutes. Um, and they looked good for it. They, they, they got a grip of the middle of the park. Tappan and Blair kind of got on top of Gillespie and Lyon in there. And uh, Queen's Park were almost 4-4-2. As McHugh uh, kind of just played off uh, Bainham. And they had Galt and Katongo actually played wide off the right. Galt played off the left. But for me, they didn't look structured. They didn't look disciplined in terms of their shape, whereas Steny were. You know, we've both seen Steny, and they, they very much are that back four. It's Tapping and Blair, isn't it, as a two. It's Hodge maybe kind of going and joining in. Spence off the left, Biabi off the right, and, and Muir through the middle. So I think purely given their discipline within their shape, Steny got on top of Queen's Park just by getting a control of that middle of the park. It was horrible marking, uncharacteristic marking from, I think it was Monroe was picking up Lee Kildare at a corner. And Kildare scored maybe five minutes before half time, which gave Queen's Park a boost. And then I kind of said it to you the other night, um, it was the changes. You know, as the game went on, Queen's Park could positively influence the game with the changes that they made, like Simon Murray coming on. Stennis Muir off the bench, they they had very little um, to, to help them kind of push on and go for a winner or even play out for play out the draw. Um Simon Murray looked sharp and strong when he came on. Um and and that was kind of the difference for me is like Simon Murray came on and, and replaced uh Katongo. 
Ross McLean came on for Will Bainham, who, who, like I say, was quiet. They were two good changes. The one change Stenny had up their sleeve was McGuigan, who we both mm-hmm. like, but Tommy Muir got injured. So McGuigan, they were kind of forced to make that, that change early. So they, they had very little off the bench late on in the game, and that was the difference. McHugh scored, and then Ryan Blair just kind of got out-muscled. He looked out on his feet, Ryan Blair, to be honest, uh, got out-muscled by Murray, who scored in it. To be fair, it was good to see Murray kind of getting off the mark. He was delighted. Um, I know he'd scored a hat-trick in a friendly that we'd spoke about, I think it was last week, wasn't it? Um, but that's him now kind of up and running competitively. So, um, like I say, 11 v 11 for the first hour. Stenny gave as good as he got, maybe more than as good as he got. It was just literally that depth that, that we've always spoken about that, that was the difference. Um, and I know yeah, you like Stenny, don't you? As well. Yeah, I like Stenny, but I I can see why, you know the 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 difference is there that Queen, Queens Park can dip into those resources and and um, throw on guys like Simon Murray and Ross McLean and. It says uh, a lot for David Irons in that though. To be fair, that from where I was sitting, based on that ninety minutes, Stenny looked a better coached and better drilled team than Queens mm-hmm. Park did, given that Stenny are part time. In Queens Park, on for me watching it in terms of players knowing their jobs, their shape in and out, yeah, the patterns of play. Stenny looked more comfortable in their system and in their own skin. And Queens Park, they almost like a team of individuals, um, and they were very open and they didn't really seem to have any structures. They're almost looking around saying, Right, you're a good player, you go and win it for us, and no, you're a decent player, you go, and they didn't seem to have any kind of ideas or patterns they were so open and and for me they were yeah. lucky to get a win it's like um i it's, it's a sort of a system that steny play versus you know a kind of bit of a frankenstein of a, a team um, a kind of a bolt-on of you know galacticals aye uh, two galacticals if you will that it's just they're, they're yet to find a a, a rhythm and a system themselves and i think um Falkirk were a bit like that under McKinnon last season mm-hmm. when um, he signed see, a lot of... See, with no fans there, Mikey Doyle was playing right back, Katongo was right midfield, and Doyle was on Katongo constantly, sitting, getting his toes, hurry up and get back into position, because Katongo, he's not a right midfielder, but it was almost like, oh, Katongo played well the week before, uh, put him in the team. Just crowbar him in. Aye, there's a gap in right midfield, I chuck him in there, and... And like I say, Doyle was on him constantly. And it, for me, it blunted Doyle because Doyle loves pushing on. And it looked to me like he felt he couldn't because Katongo wasn't covering him. There was no real link-up down that side because Katongo wants to be a centre-forward. So yeah. he's kind of wondering about centre-forward position. There's nobody for Doyle to play in and link up. So for me, it, it nullified Doyle's main strength, which is going forward. And it, they just seemed a bit, like I say, they were relying on individuals winning them the game. And and ultimately they have, but how long can they get away with that for? Yeah, um, probably quite a while if they continue to 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 recruit those kind of players. But but I think uh, Cowdenbeath will provide another stern test for them um, tomorrow afternoon. Um, again, uh, the kind of like looking at the the numbers, it doesn't bode well for for Cowden. They've only scored four goals all mm-hmm. season, and um, Queens Park have only conceded one. So, um, 
the, the sort of the, the with in, in terms of stats and stuff, Cowden are just kind of bobbing above breaking at the moment and no more. So it's a shocker for them up in Elgin, wasn't it? Yeah, a real kind of a real uh, a real scudding. You'd think that um, they they pride themselves on on kind of closing the back door and being mm. hard to break down, but um, I think it's that's a kind of like it's a it's an eye opener for the. The, the the squad um, kind of issues they have and the, the lack of experience and the lack of a uh, kind of um, league two kind of um, players yeah, basically yeah yeah and yeah. um, um, we're lucky James isn't here because he'll be weeping in his bovro as we speak but like you said they're only a point clear of Brecon and Albion Rovers yeah um, and I think at, at home I th- you know I don't think there's any signs at the that Queen's Park are going to go there and, and score that many goals either because Cowden are going to be that slightly different um, kind of animal at home. Pitch is a level, isn't it? You've just talked in detail about um, Queen's Park kind of uh, issues with their with fitting players in to, to, to assist them and things like that. Pitch is a leveller. Um, you've got guys at, at Cowden Beef that... Uh, sorry, you've got players at Queen's Park that are um, big hitters, but they're um, kind of guys like Grant Gillespie and um, you know your your long ridges and things like that that maybe don't kind of um, that don't kind of endear themselves that well to these kind of conditions. <laughs> um, so I still think Queens Park are going to have enough to. to fancy them, yeah. Definitely, I do. I do. Um, one by one or two goals, I think. I think it's very similar to when they played uh, Stranra uh, earlier in the season. Obviously, Stranra's pitch is obviously infinitely better than Cowden's, but it's that kind of <clears throat> sticky game, isn't it? And where they, they would probably will need to dig in at some stage. And it will be a test, like like you said, of their shape and their belief and their know-how. And Cowden, I think, will be up for it. Gary Bowen will, will have them organised after that. They'll not take kindly to, to taking a doing up at Kind of Borough yeah. Briggs, um, yeah. although albeit Elgin have been one of the not the well, are they a surprise package? We'll maybe talk about that in a wee minute or two. Um, but uh, you know what? I think I fancy Cowden for a joy there. I just think they might just have they might just make it difficult enough. Um, the forecast's not great weather wise, which Gary Bowen will be doing a rain dance, I think, on <laughs> Friday night, Saturday morning. Um, Absolutely. I, I I think Cowden might actually get a point there, but you're going for a Queen's Park, uh, a Queen's Park win, and and just I as so. Were, sorry. I, I, no, just just man, just man for man, they're too strong when I, when, when 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 you look at it. But um, and and I, we just spoke about them there. Elgin obviously off the back of a great result, and they they host Annan, uh, don't they? Who are off the back of an absolute hounding. Uh, Against Edinburgh City, which I did not see coming. In fact, looking at the predictions here, I backed a draw and you backed Dan. And James backed Edinburgh. He's done well last week. Considering he's not this week. But uh, well, I was a scudding, wasn't it, from from Annan and Anna scudding by Elgin. Yeah, um, I'm beginning to to kind of lose a wee bit of of my original faith that I had in Annan, um, slightly because they they have. Um, tailed off quite a quite a lot. But they do have of of their um victories they, they, they do have two on the road this season. Mm. Um so it you know 
there's still there's still kind of like um, there's still a bit of hope from them that they can go up to El- Elgin and, and kind of upset the odds because it's, it's the pressure's off them a bit with with it being a kind of away tie against a, a form team mm-hmm. and they, they, they kind of know they're safe in the knowledge that Albion and Brecon possibly Cowden Albion and Brecon are going to toil consistently this season we think mm-hmm. and Cowden have got a, a really difficult game against the top team tomorrow so Annan are maybe looking below them and going like well we can we can get away with taking a taking a defeat here but that in turn lifts a bit of pressure off Um but Elgin will probably just play the way they play as well. And, um, you know, what a result that was. Another um, a Hester hat-trick, wasn't it? Aye. And it's possibly buoyed on by the 200 fans as well. It's possibly yeah, had a positive that, impact yeah. that, that, that they've looked to kind of... And you mentioned um, O'Keefe, didn't you, last week? And he's obviously yeah. watched like, late on, but he's got his goal, is not he? Yeah. But Hester, you know, we spoke about how... The, the, uh, Shane Sutherland was mm-hmm. um, such going to be such a big loss for them, and how they've um, they've not even kind of necessarily recruit, uh, replaced them like for like Hester was there as well last season, mm-hmm. but um, the, sh- the 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 shape they play and the, the kind of attacking style they've played, they've been able to kind of just paper over that. that what a job he's doing, more. Price. Yeah, uh, like you know, oh, we look at recruitment yeah. like and. His budget, I can't imagine, is top, might be top half just, but what, what a job he's doing. Four points off the top, um, you know, kind of nestled into the playoffs there and, and looking good, you know. Like I say, I don't know, are they a surprise package to some people, maybe? Um, but but they're, looking, they're looking very good. How do you see that one panning out with Annan making the trip up there? Um, I think it's going to be another um, quite a heavy, heavy victory for... For Elgin, a heavy defeat for Annan. Um, I just think with the, the flowing way they're um, coupled with the kind of being at home again, um, possibly getting the fans back in. I don't know if that's happening again this this week weekend, but if it does, that obviously seemed to have a positive effect on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just see, like I say, I've I've. Uh, Annan, they're still quite hard to. They're still quite unpredictable, and they still have potential to, to kind of. You could you could look at that game and they could be two 0 up at half time or something like that, you know. <laughs> um, but um, I can't see past Elgin. No, I agree Yourself? with you. No, I agree with you. I think Elgin will win that um, game of the day. Arguably, is fourth uh, v third as Stranraer host Stalin Albion. Um, Still an Albion off the back of a 1-0 win against Albion Rovers. Um, and Stranraer beat Brechin, didn't they, quite comprehensively. Um, I haven't beaten Edinburgh the week before. So Stranraer, who we kind of bigged up pre-season, they're kind of turned a corner, aren't they? They're kicking on a wee bit now. Um, and Still and Albion have done what they've kind of done throughout the season. You know, they're performing well. They're looking solid across the park. Um, I think that'll be a good game, actually. It's one I wouldn't mind kind of seeing live Stranraer let's say scoring goals and, and Stalin playing well yeah they're both they're both um, two two teams that play quite a kind of quite a varied style of football I think and they can both um, play re- neat some, some uh, neat stuff around the box um, they can both defend well um, they can both mix it up when they have to uh, Daryl Duffy's kind of continuously 
defying his uh, defying his age. Um, you know, and just we, we, spoke, we spoke last week, sorry, about um, Stirling Albion potentially mixing up with Dylan Mackin and playing a little bit more direct and kind of playing in him. So that might be something again that they, they kind of deploy away away at Stranraer. Yeah, it's it's um, similar ish conditions. Um, but like you say, maybe an improvement um, Stranraer and surface to to Clifton Hill at the moment. But yeah, we thought they we thought they might um, bring Mackin in to to kind of hold up the ball a bit and in, mm-hmm. in those kind of difficult um, underfoot conditions, <laughs> if you will. Um, and it could be something they look to do against Stranraer again as well. Yeah, a bit of a tighter pitch. Um, but I think uh, Sonker and and, and Robertson will kind of likes of likes of those guys. Cummins will be up for that yeah. aerial battle. So um, I think this one I could d- be won and lost down the right hand side, the the Stranraer right, the Sterling left. Because Sterling obviously playing the wing backs this season. I think McGeeky's been playing right wing back. He's naturally a defensive player on the left. That's been kind of Roberts or um, or players like that who are maybe naturally more attacking and. I really like Hilton for Stranraer. I think I know that you do as well. And so if he can kind of get the run of that right hand side, it's going to be a constant kind of source of supply supply for source of supply for Stranraer. It's too many S's in a sentence. Uh, so that could be a key battle down that that side, doesn't it? Because Hilton's happy to get on the ball and go at players. And if Sterling don't have a natural defensive player on that left hand side, that could be a potential week like that Stranraer looked to go at. Yeah, he came on and and, and scored at, at the weekend there. Um, and that four-one win at Brecon. Um, I'm not sure to what extent he's been um, in the starting lineup in recent weeks. I, I think he's been, I think he's been fit, but um, there might have, there might be a niggling problem because he's certainly there's no doubt in his quality, um, and I'd will, expect him to see starting more regularly. It will be interesting because the Strunar, they, they almost shoehorn three strikers into that team, don't they? With Duffy, Thomas Orr, and uh, Rudy Payton. So it'll be interesting to see maybe if they go, they've got the option to kind of play three narrow strikers against Albion's back three, kind of if they're chasing the game or if it's a stalemate. So uh, tactically, that's going to be interesting. Aye. That there's Vittoria as well. They actually Aye, started Vittoria. all four of those. There's, Aye, they did, they actually started yeah. all four of those against Brecon. Big job for um, Kieran Miller and, and McManus in that midfield. Aye, Miller likes to sit. And, uh, and McManus as well from deep. Matt, M- M- Miller will break play up, and McManus will kind of, kind of, um, ping passes from a bit. You're deeper. not going to get Robertson um, so, overlapping uh, from fullback either, are you? So it's almost these things will sit in, and those four can go and have a goal, which will be interesting. Aye, and if you're still on Albion, you, you, if you're, yeah, yeah, it worked. Although, it worked or was that just because they were playing Brecon? Aye. Ah, if if you're still in Albion and, and you see you see them lining up against like that, you're immediately looking for like counter opportunities there because Mamanis lacks a lot of pace. Miller, mm-hmm. not known for for being a lightning quick out the blocks as well. So, um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be quite fair, interesting to see actually how, I've, how both I've teams just, line up. I've just checked uh, just now and they lined up with that eleven against Edinburgh City as well. So. Yeah, uh, how how do you see that game going? Um, I think it's two two foreign teams. Um, Stranraer um, scoring a lot of goals right now. Um, I think I think it's going to be a draw because I don't think there's um, I don't think there's much between them. How about I'm, yourself? I'm going to back Stranraer, and I think they've got a wee bit much for that back four. Um, 
Robertson, Cummins, Sonker and Gallagher. It's not the quickest back four from Stranraer. I think Stirling have got options that can maybe get in behind them with a bit of pace later in the game. Um, and I fancy Stirling not, to nick it. Yeah, I mean, as much as, as Stranraer started scoring of late, um, Stirling are, are defending really, really well at the moment mm-hmm. um, with Banner and McGregor. Uh, yeah. And the full-backs like so McGeeky, as you say, as well. So, um, I think I think a draw for me. Um, but if it was at if it was at fourth bank, I'd be more inclined to to back Sterling Albion without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to round it off, then um, very briefly, because we've spoken about these teams in a bit of depth. Steny host Brecon. I can't see anything but Steny win. And Edinburgh City host uh, Albion Rovers. I can't see Edinburgh, anything but an Edinburgh City win. And just for a stat for you, Blair Henderson, seventy-four games, fifty goals for Edinburgh City. Yeah, that's that really does uh, shut up any criticism, doesn't it? It's, it's difficult to to come back in that, and I think a lot's been made of my my supposed uh, criticism just because I I question sometimes his style of play. Uh, but when when he, when, he, when you hand me that bit, of, when you hand me a bit of paper with those stats in it, yeah. <laughs> How do you see those two games panning out? Stenny at home to Beacon and uh, Edinburgh City at home to Albion Road? Two pretty convincing home wins um, for me. Edinburgh City are, we know they've been, we've talked about how they've been playing about with their their shape and and, and personnel of late. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of kind of uh, random signings that have been kind of played, the people People have been played slightly out of position, um, but Albion Rovers they've they've not managed to to keep a, a clean sheet yet this season. Uh, Edinburgh have had a couple of knocks at home. They've had a couple of defeats, but um, I, I just I think like after that such a such a convincing win last week. I don't know if something's clicked or mm. um, or what, but I just. Um, yeah, a home win. Um, Steny um, are just going to they're going to have too much for Beacon. Seen them, seen them a couple of times with those guys going forward. Um, Tommy Muir, um, Spence, Biabi, if McGuigan's in the mix as well. Yeah. Um, if you know, if you if you're a team that's sieved like twenty goals in the league this season, the last thing you want to see is. Is those guys and they're really playing for Davy Irons right now, like you yeah, said. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're they're running through brick walls for him. Um and likes of expense, you'll you'll get that whoever he plays for. And um I just don't see how Brecon are gonna suddenly um just kind of st- uh, stunt that um attacking prowess that Steny have. No, I, I agree. So so that rounds up League Two then. Um, we can also reveal just now that uh, there's a special extra time episode coming on Monday where we um, sit down with Bill Orr, um, who part of Sterling Albion's backroom staff, and we have a good discussion about the use of data um, and analysis in the lower leagues. And, and Bill goes into a lot of depth about his role at Sterling Albion and how teams in kind of League One, League Two use data and opposition analysis and data on 
his own players and opposition players, and it's a, it's, it's, it was interesting, Muzz, wasn't it? It was a good chat that, that we had with Bill, um, and I think the, the listeners will, will take a lot out of that. Um, so Bill, like I say, he's Head of Performance and Tactical Analysis at, at Stirling Albion, and his views are, are very interesting, and, and it'll be, um, I think it's hugely beneficial for the listeners to, to kind of tune in for that one. So that'll be coming out on Monday. Um, as always, any feedback, you can find us on Twitter, um, or feel free to comment under the the comment section of this video on YouTube and let's like say we're relatively active on Pie and Bovril. So you can find us on Twitter um, at Turnstiles there. We're also on Spotify, which you can find us on by searching through the Turnstiles podcast. And if you haven't already, if you could like this video and subscribe to the channel, that would be um, massively appreciated. So let's say we'll be back Monday with that extra time episode and we'll be back uh, next week with our uh, review of this weekend's games and previewing the games for the, for the weekend after that. And uh, thanks very much for joining us. Cheers. Thank you.